Good evening, all you creatures of the night. It's that time of year again. The cool, crisp air nips at your neck, and the leaves begin to change all around you. Fall is finally here, and the glorious month of October has fallen upon us. We have 31 days to watch all of the terrifying, blood-curdling films before we finally reach All Hallows' Eve. But which films to watch? Where do I begin? This is the latest podcast episode of It Records and the return of the annual recommendation show, Halloween Horror. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. You see, Jason was my son, and today is his birthday. all you creatures of the night and welcome back to the it records podcast it is i matt johnson coming to you again for another rendition of halloween horror we are moving through the month of october and this little show this halloween horror is just me giving you a daily recommendation of a horror movie to watch as we approach halloween all of these suggestions are fresh i've never recommended them before on a previous halloween horror and we haven't done a full-length episode so they're all new takes Quick little synopsis of what the movie is and where you might be able to watch it. As we're going through this year, what we're doing is every day is also a different year in horror history. And what that means is on October 1st this year, I recommended a movie from 1989. And then October 2nd was a movie from 1988. And then the 3rd was a movie from 1987 and so on and so forth working backwards until we get to Halloween, which will be a movie from 1959. So you're going to see movies from the 80s, the 70s, the 60s, and a little glimpse into the 50s to kind of see how movies were different as they changed throughout the decades, different directors, different styles, what people were interested in. But that's going to leave us where we are today, October 18th, and we are in the year 1972, almost out of the 70s, but we're still in them. And for today's movie, we watched the 1972 American slasher film, Gone in the Slasher film, directed by Theodore Gershani and co-produced by Lloyd Kaufman, Silent Night, Bloody Night. That's correct. Silent Night, Bloody Night, uh, I think it went under actually several different titles when it originally came out, Death House being one of them. I'm trying to think of all the other ones, but as it's kind of gone through the ages, Silent Night, Bloody Night has stuck as well as the sequel that came out in 2015, and then a remake, I think, that came out in 2011. Silent Night, Bloody Night became, it's what it's officially known as. But if you've never heard of it, uh, that's fine. I think it's more of a cult movie. But the premise is a man inherits a mansion, which was once a mental home. 
He visits the place and begins to investigate some crimes that happened in old times, scarring the people living in the region. So that's the general synopsis of this movie. I will say that the plot itself is a little convoluted. It's a little hard to follow, even a little surreal at times. So it's a little difficult to follow, but that's like the general idea is there's this mansion and it was used to be a mental home. The the residents of the the asylum, you know, rose up and and killed some of the the staff on Christmas Eve. Hence the Silent Night, Bloody Night title. This really revolves around Christmas. So it's one of those one of the first kind of movies that revolves around the holidays. You know, two years later we're gonna get Black Christmas, which is another Christmas horror movie and another holiday horror movie. We'll get in 78. We're going to get Halloween by John Carpenter. And that becomes more of a trim. This is one of the, the first ones that kind of does that. It's not really great by any means. I think it's kind of hard to follow in terms of plot. There are some interesting things it does with the camera work. I think there's some really cool, uh, I guess, grainy looking footage that makes it grimy or dirty or some of the violence in some of the scenes, like super realistic, um, super, super violent at least. And it does do a lot of the tropes that we would then later see in Black Christmas in two years, which is, you know, a stranger calling into the house uh, and, and calling in the stranger being in the house. There's POV in this movie. And I know I used that or I didn't use it myself, but it was used in like Psycho a little bit. Not Psycho. I take that back. It was used in Peeping Tom, Peeping Tom in 1960. And I mentioned both those movies because in 1960, Peeping Tom and the Psycho both came out. And I always say they're kind of the precursor to the slasher, which really, I think, takes hold in 74 with Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Black Christmas. But this is a slasher, and I think it has a lot of those same tropes and there's a lot of those elements. It doesn't execute as well as some of the ones that come after it. But it has a lot of those different ideas, film styles, techniques, plot lines that I think, you know, Bob Clark, who made Black Christmas, or even John Carpenter, who who went later on to make Halloween, probably saw this and to some extent said, you know, I, I, I like this style. I like this subgenre, but I think I could do it a little better. And I think I could do it like this. So it is one, I think to kind of check out because I, I do think it had some influence on what would come later in the seventies in terms of the holiday horrors, the slasher tropes, the slasher genre, those anniversary movies, the holiday movies. And it has, uh, some, because of that, it has some, I think some merit in the horror genre as, setting up what would come later in terms of what we now know as the slasher genre. So that is Silent Night, Bloody Night. It is not too well received on Rotten Tomatoes. I think it's 29% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I think that has a lot to do with the plot being really kind of confusing. I think it's on, in terms of reception, there's a, there's a list here I found um, in my research. That's like 150 movies you need to watch before you die. Uh, but really because the film manages to disappoint at every level. Yeah, this was, it was on the 150 movies you should watch before you die by all movie. Uh, and it, because it kind of disappoints in every level. So it has all these things that you might want to see and that you'll see later in a couple of years in slasher movies, but it just doesn't execute very well at those. But nonetheless, it did kind of was experimental and it tried to do some things that were different in the horror genre. So that uh, gains it some merit, I would say. Uh, it doesn't actually have a full Rotten Tomato store, Rotten Tomato score. It's just the audience score of twenty nine percent. So that is where we stand there. Other movies though that came out in in nineteen seventy two, we have The Last House on the Left. That one 
I think I've mentioned before in a Halloween horrors why I didn't bring it up. That's Wes Craven. That's coming out in 72. That's kind of, I think if I'm remembering correctly, his, his first big horror movie, uh, the Hills have eyes comes out in 77 a few years later, but last house on the left was 72 tales from the crypt, Blackula and demons of the mind were a few that came out in 1972. Other events that happened, though, outside of the horror genre, outside of the entertainment industry, was the Munich Olympics terrorist attack. 11 Israeli athletes were murdered by uh, Arab gunmen at the Munich Olympics on September 6th. Uh, News broke on September 5th that eight members of Black September carrying duffel bags loaded with AKM assault rifles, pistols and grenades, scaled the two meter chain link fence into the Olympic village. Uh, They took the hostages. um, And then the next day, only three of the terrorists survived. All the hostages were killed. And one German police officer was also killed in the gunfight. So that happened during the 1972 Munich Olympic games. There is a movie about that as well. Well, a semi movie. I'm sure there is a movie directly about it, but there's the movie Munich, which is about the plot after it happens to kind of go after the men who set up, the, the hostage event with Eric Bana. So that movie is out there. Not a horror movie. This is impressive that not a horror movie, but that is a movie um, about those events and what transpired Watergate. There's many movies about that, but Watergate happened. Uh, five white house operatives are arrested for burglar burglarizing the offices of the democratic national committee, the start of the Watergate scandal. So that's, I said in 74 uh, Nixon, president Nixon resigned and it was all because of the the Watergate scandal where his operatives went in and tried to get information on the Democratic National Committee to help them win re-election. So that, this was at the actual event. And so also, most of you, I would assume, know this, but if you don't, if you any sort of scandal that happens anymore, like deflate gate, anything that happens, I feel like that everybody just says the word and puts gate on the end of it, it's because of Watergate. So if you didn't know that, maybe now you do. It's because the Watergate scandal, that was the name of the hotel that they were at, the Watergate Hotel. So that's a little bit of history into 1972. If you're looking to watch this movie, it's actually not that easy to find. So I apologize for that. I, I can't really find it on any streaming services. I went to try to find it on Amazon, which is where it said it was. But when you went there, it, it says nothing's available to watch this time. So I'm sure your way to go about it is try to find it maybe online. That's not a normal streaming site, or you can find uh, a copy someone's selling, VHS copy, potentially, uh, and you can you can watch this movie. But even if you can't get to it today or this month, I, I, would, I would recommend it. Maybe in two months we'll be at Christmas, and you'll be able to find a copy somewhere to kind of check it out alongside some other Christmas horror movies. But I'll kind of wrap it up there for today. It's October 18th. I'll be back tomorrow for 1971. And rounding out the the 1970s. But until then, I hope to hear from you tomorrow as you listen to me. But I'm Matt Johnson, and I'll remain in the shadows. Jason was my son, and today is his birthday.